You're listening to the Rachel's English Podcast, made especially for non-native speakers, where we study the way Americans really speak. My goal is for you to listen to this podcast every week and sound more natural when speaking English and improve your listening comprehension. In today's episode, we're going over the pronunciation of the letter T. We'll talk about three different ways Americans pronounce this letter. True T, flap T, and stop T. When you look up a word with the T sound in a dictionary, it will only ever show the true T pronunciation. Most dictionaries do not actually reflect the way Americans speak when it comes to the T sound. This can be very confusing. This podcast will help you. Be sure to check out the show notes in the podcast section of my website, rachelsenglish.com. I'll put links to related videos and outline what you learned today. You can also find a free copy of the transcript, rachelsenglish.com slash podcast. Let's get started. Today we're tackling one of the most crazy things about American English pronunciation, and that is the pronunciation of the letter T. I've done numerous videos on this subject, but it's not until this podcast that everything has been brought together into one place for you. It's confusing. It's crazy. I'm going to try to make it as clear as possible. And I've brought my husband, David, along to help me figure out what's not clear to ask questions along the way. Yep. I'm ready. Your mind is going to be blown when you learn about the T in American English pronunciation. Of course, you use it every day, but you've never thought about it like this. Totally. True T and a flap T. First of all, David, did you know that there are three different ways that we pronounce the letter T? Mm, no. <laughs> Basically, no. Basically, no. So there are three ways we pronounce the letter T. We pronounce it as a true T. T. We pronounce it as a flap T. And we pronounce it as a stop T. Now, I can't actually demonstrate the stop T by itself because it's actually a stop of sound. It's a lack of sound. Mm. So we can figure out what that means when we get to the stop T. But first, I want to start with the true T. So the true T is made with your teeth together, tongue tip at the roof of the mouth, t air is stopped, and then you release it. David, can you do that? It's a beautiful true tea, David. Thanks. Actually, some people have a hard time with the true tea. They make it more like dime, dime. This is typical of people from India, I've noticed. They'll say dime instead of time. So you have to feel that escape of air for it to be right. Teeth are together. It's very crisp, don't you think? Nothing soft about it. So when would a T be a true T at the beginning of a word? So rule number one, T is a true T when it comes to the beginning of a word, like table, top, turn, toast, teacher, talk. David, can you think of any other words that start with a T? Tank. Tank. Great word. Toddler. Toddler. We have a toddler. That's probably why he thought of that. Mm -hmm. Nice job. Okay, so one of the unfortunate things about American English pronunciation is as soon as you learn a rule, you will learn an exception. Isn't that frustrating? That's, that's 
and it has to be incredibly frustrating for students. So I just taught you that the first rule was a true T. A T is a true T at the beginning of a word. Now I'm going to teach you an exception. It may not be a true T if it's followed by an R. A lot of Americans will take the TR and turn it into a CHR. Did you know this, David? Have you ever thought about the word train? No, but now that you say CH, it's definitely, that's what it sounds like. Try. True. Uh-huh. So TR sounds like CHR all the time. This is so common. Most Americans do this with every TR cluster. So there's exception number one. Yeah. I have another exception. Words that start with two. The word to, the word today, the word tomorrow. There I've done them all with a true T. But actually, they can be a flap T in conversation, sounding more like an American D. I'm going to say a sentence, and I want you to really try to focus in on the word to, Uh which will not be pronounced with a true T. Okay, here's a sentence. Now, on to the next thing. Uh On to, on to. Yeah, it sounds like a D. Yeah, where's that true T sound? It's not there. Now, on to the next thing. Now, David, when I say that, does that sound completely natural to you? Uh Completely normal English, right? Yep. Yep, we do it. Americans love to do it. Okay, let's take the word today. I might also make that more of a flap sound. Here's my sentence. It's supposed to rain today. It's supposed to rain today. David, is that a way that you think you would hear Americans say that? Yeah, that sounds exactly right. I mean, they may put a true T, but they also may put a flap. It's supposed to rain da, rain da, 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 da. It's supposed to rain today. So, wow, today begins with a T, might not be a true T. Okay, let's do one more with the word tomorrow. They're leaving tomorrow. They're leaving tomorrow. Oh, they're leaving tomorrow. Mm-hmm. David, what do you think of that pronunciation? Does it sound natural to you? Mm-hmm. You think you would hear an American say that? Say it again. They're leaving tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not tomorrow. There's no true T sound there. They're leaving. It's a flap T. So just with these three words, I can't think of other words where you could do this. And I also want to point out, you don't have to do this. You can make a true T. But you will hear Americans do this. To, today, tomorrow, with flaps. All right, so that was the second exception to the true T rule. A T is a true T at the beginning of a word. A T is also a true T when it's at the beginning of a stressed syllable. So this might be a stressed syllable that's not the first syllable in the word. Like the word attain. There the T sound is in the middle of the word but it's at the beginning of a stressed syllable, so it's a true T. Can you say that, David? Attain. Attain. Nice, crisp little T there, David. (laughs) Now, I want to point out the word attain has two Ts in it. So the double T is just one T sound. So we're not talking about letters. We're Mm -hmm. talking about the sounds here. Mm -hmm. Attain. Um, Can you think of another word where it would... Not be the beginning sound, but it would begin a stressed syllable. What about until? Yeah, until, until, exactly, until. Also the word italics, the word return. 
So in all of these cases, it's not the beginning sound, but it does begin a stressed syllable. Now, this also applies to secondary stress. Secondary stress, I think, is really tricky because mostly it sounds like an unstressed syllable. If you were to look this up in a dictionary, you would see a little line at the bottom of the word. I'm not explaining this very well. Let me say what the symbol for a stressed syllable looks like. It looks like an apostrophe, like a straight apostrophe. Mm -hmm. So it's that position at the top of the letter. Mm -hmm. So secondary stress is the opposite. It's at the bottom of the letter. So this is new information for me. I don't, secondary stress? Yeah. Yeah. Now, so what is that? I don't even know what well, that Well, it means that it's a little bit longer than an unstressed syllable. It's not said quite as quickly. Hmm. It might have a little bit more care given to it, but it's not the primary. Okay. And I usually tell people, don't worry so much about secondary stress. It really acts like an unstressed syllable. But the one time when it doesn't act like an unstressed syllable is with these T pronunciation words. Because if a syllable has secondary stress, this little apostrophe at the bottom of the line in front of the syllable, then it's a true T. Because it's following the rule. A T is a true T if it begins a stressed syllable, including secondary stress. So an example of this would be the word politics. Mm -hmm. Politics, da-da-da. Stress is on the first syllable. But actually, the third syllable has secondary stress. That's why it's a true T. Another example, military. T-t-t, military. Mm-hmm. Mill is the stressed syllable. Tear. Has secondary stress, so it's a true T. Aquatic. Aqua. Aquatic. No, that no. sounds like a D. Yeah, it's a flap T. Uh, good thinking, though. Mm. But you've just you've got you've just jumped us down to the true to the flap T section. Yeah. Let's right. see if you can remember that word when we're talking okay. about the flap T. <laughs> um, actually, it brings up a good point. I was trying to come up with a bunch of words with a true T, and it's easy to do this at the beginning of words. So many words have a true T at the beginning. Here, can I try another one? Yeah. Ballistic. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now there, I think it's because it's I'm just part of a cluster. Oh. So there, you're, you're, you're jumping ahead a little bit. All right. So T is a true T rule too. When it starts a stressed syllable. Attain, until, italics, return. Secondary stress included, politics. Are you ready for your exception? Yeah. Okay. It's just like the first exception. This is not true when it's followed by an R. In that case, most speakers will again make the T a CH sound, like attribute, a tri, a tri, attribute. Which is the same spelling as attribute? No. How's attribute? They are spelled the same way. It's just one's a noun and one's a verb. Okay. It's one of those words that is pronounced differently depending on what part of speech it is. Attract. Uh, ch C-H, attract. Uh-huh. Intriguing. Intriguing C-H sound. Totally C-H. Yeah. So is your mind blown? Have you thought about the fact that you are pronouncing the word intriguing with a C-H? It's pretty shockingly not the way it's spelled. Yeah. And you probably never thought that you were doing it. Uh-uh. I should make a note here. 
with the TR turning into CHR phenomenon. There, this is not reflected in a dictionary. So if you look up one of these words in a dictionary, it is not going to show a CH sound. This is just one of the things that Americans do. You just have to know. Also, it's not hard if you listen and you're paying attention for it. Mm-hmm. You'll hear it all the time. Okay. Now, so that was true T. Let's go down to T being dropped. No T at all. That's different than a flap T? It is. It's also different than a stop T. No T. No T at all. This happens after the N consonant. So, like, the word center. Mm. And I want to say, this isn't a must. You don't have to pronounce it this way. You can make a true T center. And you'll definitely hear Americans doing that. Sure. But you'll also really often hear center. How about this? Internet. Yeah, that definitely sounds like I-N-N-E-R. Yeah. The internet's not working. International. I'm studying international affairs. So we do drop that T after the N. Now, there's an exception. Because there's always an exception. So if there's a syllable split between the N and T, then we do not drop the T. Like until. Mm -hmm. Untie. Intense. So in all of these cases, N and T are not in the same syllable, and the T begins a stressed syllable. We already know when the T begins a stressed syllable. Got it. It's true. There's another case where we often will drop the T, and that's when it comes between two other consonants. David, can you read this word? Exactly. Exactly. You did that perfectly. I said exactly right. You said it exactly right. So both exactly and perfectly are examples of this, where the T comes between two other consonants. Exactly. Here it comes between the K sound and the L sound. We drop that. Perfectly. Here again, the T comes between the C sound, sorry, the K sound and the L sound. We drop it Mm -hmm. so often in conversation. Another example, directly. Another example, facts. Hmm. F-A-C-T-S. Facts. If If I dropped the S, fact. I would say the T. But Uh when I put on an S, now the T is between two consonants. There's a really good chance I'm going to drop that T. Uh Facts. Uh Oh, goodness. Dropping T's left and right over here. Now, there's an exception to this rule Uh because we love exceptions. A lot of these exceptions have to do with the R sound. And that is true here as well. So this rule of dropping the T between two other consonants does not apply when the first consonant before the T was an R. In this case, it's a stop T, and we'll get to that in a second. I just Uh want to put that here. Now, the other thing I want to say about dropping the T between consonants is it's not just in words like exactly, perfectly, facts. It also happens in phrases where we're linking two words together. And now we end up with the T between consonants. The word just, J-U-S-T, is a perfect example of this. Whenever it's followed by a word that begins with a consonant, we drop the T. Mm -hmm. We never say it. For example, just because. Mm -hmm. Just because. 
or another example. Which one is it? It's the first one. First one. There, I'm dropping the T. If I was going to say first by itself, I would say first. Mm-hmm. You say it now. It's the first one? Yeah, first one. There's a hint of a T. I think when you're thinking about it, it feels weird. Yeah. But when you're not thinking about it and you're just saying it, you're dropping that T a lot. Yeah. Now, this is a, an interesting one, an interesting example. The first one. Why? Because one is spelled O-N-E. Well, isn't O a vowel? Mm. If I was playing Wheel of Fortune and I wanted to buy a vowel, (laughs) I might buy an O. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing with the word one. The letter is the O, but the sound is W. Mm -hmm. So that's a consonant. So it's tricky because in English, sounds and letters don't always correspond. So we're talking about the sounds here when the T consonant sound comes between two other sounds that are consonants, uh-huh. then we might drop it, like in first one. Uh-huh. Okay, so we've gone over rules for true T, and we've gone over rules for when we might drop the T. Uh-huh. Okay, we're ready to get into the flap T. <laughs> I love the flap T. I have no idea why. I should think about that. <laughs> it's important to know these things. So the first thing I want to say is, if you speak Arabic, Portuguese, Spanish, and also some other languages, you may say, Rachel, this sounds like an R. And we know that that's because this sound is the R in your language. It is not the R in American English, but in American English, it's the flap T or the D between vowels. So how do you make it? Single bounce of the top front of the tongue against the roof of the mouth. Mm-hmm. Let's have David demonstrate it. David, can you say this word? City. Yeah. Beautiful flap. <laughs> City. Wouldn't it sound strange if I made that a true T? That, yes. No one would say that. I love New York City. No. I love New York City. Mm-hmm. Flap. So that's the flap sound we're dealing with here. Don't be alarmed if it sounds like your R. If it sounds like your R, then just think of it as an R, and it will be beautiful. So rule number one, when do you make a flap T? When it comes between two vowels. When I say vowels, I'm including diphthongs, which are made up of two vowels in in this same rule. So when it comes between two vowels or diphthongs. And also this applies to letter to words with a double T. Remember, double T is just making one T sound. It's just a spelling thing. All right, some example words. Beautiful. Ra-ra-ra. Beautiful. Beautiful. Hmm. David, you look confused. Yeah, because I don't I don't hear any R. Like it sounds like duh to my ear. Yeah, it does to your ear. To Americans, it sounds like a D. Huh. Yeah. To because because we pronounce D the same way when the D comes between two vowels, yeah. like idiot. <laughs> da, 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 da. Now I'm not saying you're an idiot because you had this you question directly at me when you I'm said. I'm just idiot, saying but, that's yeah, okay. the word that came to mind. Beautiful, beautiful, better, better. I mean, let's just do these with a true T. Beautiful, better, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> idiot was a flap D, not a T. But those that sounds strange, doesn't it? Yeah. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Better. 
battle, city. Okay, these are flaps in American English. Beautiful, better, battle. And I want to bring up the word political. Mm-hmm. What, how do you think the T is pronounced there? Political. 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 I think that's a T sound with a little bit of a D. <laughs> okay. A T sound with a D. Like, I'm just going to go ahead and that's a flap T. When it sounds like a D, it's a flap T. Even though flap T is R. Flap T. Okay. I might have messed you up a little bit. You do not need to think of the flap T as being an R. It's Spanish speakers or Arabic speakers mm-hmm. that should be thinking of the flap T as an R. Okay. You should be thinking of the flap T as a D because that's what the flap T sounds like to Americans. Got it. So you're saying political sounds like a D. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's a flap. But it's interesting because we already talked about the word politics. And how do you how do you hear the T there? Politics. Yeah, that's a T. Yeah, that's a true T. A true T. So isn't it interesting that in the word politics and political, mm-hmm. two different versions of that word. Yeah. One's a true T, one's a flap T mm-hmm. because of stress. Because politics, it's a secondary stress syllable. Mm-hmm. Oh, goodness. Okay. So we've gone over the rule that a T is a flap D when it comes between two vowels or diphthongs. And the exception to that is the true T rule is stronger. So if we're talking about beginning a stressed syllable, then it's not a flap T. That is a true T. Attain, attack. In both of these words, the T sound is coming between two vowels, but the T sound also starts a stressed syllable, so it's a true T. Is that enough information for you? Oh, yeah. Do you feel like you are finding your way through T pronunciations? Do you feel like the structure of the rules is making sense to you? It's making sense, and it's also a stunning amount of things to think about for I know. one sound. I know, it's ridiculous. Okay, I'm just going to bring up one more example. Italics. True T, because it starts a stressed syllable, even though it's between two vowels. But then a similar word, Italy. How do you hear the T there? Italy. D. Right. It's a flap. It comes between two vowels, and it doesn't start a stressed syllable. Flap T. Even though Italian is... Yeah, that's different. True T. That's different because there, there it starts a stressed syllable. Mm-hmm. Italian. Italy. Stress matters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stress really affects pronunciation. But the general rule is between vowels, it's a flap. Okay, flap rule number two. T is a true T after an R before a vowel or diphthong. Mm-hmm. Like, let's take the word party. Party, 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 clap, flap, T, dirty. You say it, dirty. Now flap your tongue when you do it. Dirty, <laughs> flap, dirty, party, alerted, alerted. I was alerted to the problem. Alerted, alerted, flap, imported. Uh-huh. Mm, another flap. Okay. So in all of those cases, the T comes after the R sound before a vowel or diphthong sound, flap T. 
But again, true T rule is stronger. So if that T is starting a stressed syllable, even if it's after an R, before a vowel, or diphthong, it's a true T. Farted. (laughs) Okay, so that's an example of a flap T. Thank you, David. David has brought up the very sophisticated (laughs) and mature word farted. Yes, good example. (laughs) Right on. He's very pleased with himself. (laughs) Uh, But back to the point I was making before you had to say farted on my podcast. Um, If the T is starting a stressed syllable, even when it's after an R before a vowel or diphthong, it's a true T because the stressed syllable rule is stronger. True Mm -hmm. T, like partake. Got it. Partake. True T. So this rule applies not just to sounds within a single word, but when we're linking different words together within a thought group. So, for example, the phrase a lot of. How do you hear that T? A lot of. A lot of. I hear true T. So you're hearing a lot of. You just slowed down. A lot of. A lot of. All right. It's a D. It's a D. I love this. Native speakers have no idea what they're doing. (laughs) They are making flap T's all the time and don't even know what it is. And if you ask them, they'll be like, no, that's a T. Well, you're not making it a T. You're making it like a, a D. A lot of. What about this word? You read this phrase. About it. Tell me about the T in about. How are you saying it? About it. Like a D? Yep. Flap T. That I is another example. That I. That I. Yeah, I hear it. Mm-hmm. It's a flap because the T comes between two vowels. Okay, so that's it for flap T. Stop T. Now we're moving on to stop so it's T. Actually, it's like true T's are a rare thing. Kind of. It's mostly the beginning of a word. Right. And those starting a syllables. Right, starting stressed but, syllables. Which I, I would guess if you're learning a language, you would assume that that true T sound would be used a lot. It's right. Not, it's you would not, think we would, conversationally, it's almost never a true T. Yeah. You would think, okay, true T most of the time, but then there are a few other little examples. No, it is not true T most of the time. It's almost like you should be teaching them in the other order. Because the true T is the least important in a sense. Yeah. You know, I don't actually know what um, what is the ratio of true T to flap T to stop T in normal conversation. I would put it at about probably one third, one third, one third. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that for sure. Haven't done an analysis. I wouldn't but be this, surprised if the true T was not a third. Was less. Maybe. Because mm-hmm. you're right. If you're saying it's only words where it starts the word. Because words like attain... I mean, there's not that many where the T starts a stressed syllable when it's not followed by an R. Yeah. No, you're totally right. This is the sound of David's mind being blown. (laughs) Okay, stop T. We're moving on to the final category. So how do you make a stop T? At the beginning of the podcast, I said I couldn't make a stop T sound by itself because it's actually not a sound. It's stopping sound. It's a lack of sound. So let's take the word what, W-H-A-T, what, what. That's how you would say that most of the time, right, David? Mm-hmm. What? Okay, so do you hear a T sound? Do you hear T? What? You're using it on its own as if to clarify what has just been said? Yeah. If I say what, 
Do you hear a T sound? What? I want to argue that I hear a T sound. I love it. Let's let's argue. What? 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 Okay, now just make the T sound then. <laughs> no, I mean in the word. <laughs> what? Yeah, okay. So there it is with the true T. Now let's go back to the way you're doing with a stop Why T. Why can't what? it be a flap T? What? 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 A? what? So it can only be a flap T if it's followed by another vowel sound. Oh. What? What are you doing? There was a flap. You connected it. Oh, right. Yeah. See, but we never say what except to... What? Of course we do. Hey, Rachel, can you blah, blah, blah? What? Yeah, it's true. Conversationally, we say it a lot. Written, you wouldn't, you don't see it because it's not a sentence. Well, you would if you were writing dialogue. What? Question mark? Yeah. What? Okay, so you're saying... And even politely. I mean, you can say, I'm sorry, what? Right. Yeah. Okay. And what is just one example. There are tons of words that end in a T. I can't that wait. This way. Wait. David just said, I can't wait. And he made a stop T. <laughs> He's proving my point. They're all over the place. Okay, but David, I want to I get back to our argument. Where you said there's a T in the word what? Where is it? It's half a T. It's not half a T. Let me tell you what's actually happening. But it's not just what. It is the same. (laughs) (laughs) I tried to say, in my mind, I tried to say W-H-A. Okay, which would be what? What? Okay, so yeah. And you could just say it like that. No, this is amazing though. This is bringing me to the point, what is a stop T? It's a stop of sound, but what it does is it changes the feeling of the syllable. That's how you're hearing it as a T. You're like, Rachel, there is absolutely a T here because you don't buy it when I say there's no T because you're hearing it. It's different. What is different from what? But not because of a T sound. It's different because of the vowel and the shape of the syllable. What with no T? It's like, uh, up, down, shape. What is a uh, abrupt stop? Okay, I have some examples. What wa isn't the best, but listen to this example. Away, that's A-W-A-Y. And then the word await, A-W-A-I-T. Now, we would say that with a stop T often, await. Away, await, away, await. You don't actually hear a T sound. There's no T sound happening. What's happening is the quality of the syllable is changing. Away. My voice goes, uh, at the end. Mm. Await. It doesn't. It gets cut off. The sound stops. The pace seems faster. It does because it's chopped off. That's what a stop is. It's a stop of the airflow. So that's just tricking your ear to say that you said it faster? I'm not only saying it faster. I'm... It's like I'm cutting the uh, part of the word off. Mm-hmm. I'm not going away, away. That's just saying the word faster. I'm going await, await. It's like if I was drawing a curve, away. That would be no T, away. And if I cut the curve off and I stop it before it falls all the way down, mm-hmm. await. When the curve is tone. Yeah, like mm-hmm. low I li- to high. Yeah, I call it the shape of the stressed mm-hmm. syllable. Uh, is the shape of a stressed syllable. But when there's a stop at the end, we stop mm-hmm. the sound before the voice falls off in pitch all the way. So this is why people say, I don't hear a T. I think there's no T at all. And I say, you don't hear a T, but there is a T. We hear the T, 
because we hear the changed quality of the syllable. Mm-hmm. Okay, so buy, B-U-Y. I'm going to go shopping. I'm going to buy some things. Or bite, have a mosquito bite. Mm-hmm. Buy, bite, buy, bite. Mm-hmm. A non-native speaker might hear bite and say, I'm not hearing a T at all. Mm-hmm. But to a native speaker, we hear the T because of the change in quality. Now, I'm going to tell you something that's going to blow your mind. Mm-hmm. Stony, our son, who's 18 months old, is starting to repeat a lot of words, learn a lot of words. So one of the words that he's learned this month is the word hot, H-O-T. And I'm saying this when the food I'm giving him is maybe too hot and he should wait a little bit. And I've noticed that I say hot. Stony, it's hot. It's hot. It's hot. Mm -hmm. And I'm making a stop T. And he was repeating back to me with a true T. He says, hot. What? And I don't know what is happening for him already with language that he gets that that change in quality is a T. But he totally gets it. And wow. he started saying hat, too. Hat, hat. He doesn't say an H yet, so it's at, at. He put a book on his head the other day, and he said, at, at. And I know that I say hat. Stoney, put on your hat. We're going to put on your hat now. I'm always saying a stop T. This kid knows it's a T. Wild. I know. I don't know how. But the whole point is native speakers get the stop T, understand the stop T, not because of the sound of the stop T, because there's not really one, but because of how it changes the quality of the word. So that's what a stop T is. It's or a stop you could say of airflow. the other way too, right? You could say that you have to shape the space before a flap T correctly to imply the T. Stop T, you mean? I mean, stop T. Mm-hmm. In order to imply, to correctly imply a stop T, you have to cut off the sound. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. Exactly. So you could say you are doing something. Yeah, you are. You're doing something. You're just not making a T sound. Yeah, you're doing something. It's just not making a new sound. It's stopping the sound. And actually, that brings up a good point. What are you doing? So position for the T is with the tongue tip up towards the roof of the mouth. The top of the tongue is on the roof of the mouth. And you stop the air. Then you release. Now, if you're doing a stop T, you stop the air. You may or may not lift your tongue up. It's not required to stop the air. You can just stop the air in your throat. What? What? Not lifting Mm -hmm. my tongue. But you can. What? I think it depends a lot on what you're going to do next. What position you want your tongue to be in for the next sound. Whether or not you would have lifted your tongue. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so that's how to make the the stop T. What is the stop T? And the difference between a stop T and no T. Now let's talk about when would you make a stop T. What are the rules? Well, we make a stop T when it's followed by a consonant. Remember, again, we're talking sounds, not letters. So the word definitely, which is written with a E, the letter E, after T before L, is still a stop T because it's not a sound. The letter E there isn't a sound. Definitely. Definitely. Let's try it with a true T to see the difference. Definitely. Now you would never hear a native speaker say that, would you say, David? Mm-mm. No, it's always a stop. Definitely. Definitely, this is how native speakers pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. There I exaggerated the stop. 
Okay, I've picked out a couple other words here with a stop T. Let's have David read them. Basketball. Now, can you try to say basketball with a true T? Basketball. That was a stop. Basketball. Right. Basketball. Yeah. Very unnatural, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bluntly. Wait, I, I would say that basketball is one of the ones where there's zero T. But that would be basketball. Basketball. Conversationally, if you're if you're talking with like sports, basketball. Yeah. Okay. I buy that. If you're being like really lazy, casual, conversational, you might say basketball. Mm-hmm. But also basketball. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm guessing most people out there can't tell the difference between what I'm doing when I'm totally dropping it and when I'm making a subtle stop. Okay. The first time I'm thinking baska with a schwa, basketball, basketball. There I'm not making a stop T. Now I'm going to think of a stop T, basketball, basketball. And mm-hmm. there I exaggerated it. But actually, David, that's a good point. In that word, it really is extremely subtle. What about the word bluntly? Bluntly. 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 Mm-hmm, that's a good one. Yeah, it's a good stop. Outlast. Outlast. Why Outlast. do you look so confused? Outlast. Mm, I initially looked very confused because there's two T's. and I was confused. Oh, that good point. David, great point. Outlast. I'm talking about the stop that happens between the syllables. O-U-T-L-A-S-T. Now, the last T is going to be a true T here. It's part of a cluster. Outlast. Outlast. But what about that first T? Where is it? Outlast. Sorry, I'm stuck on the last T. If, there was an, if that was part of a sentence, though, you, it wouldn't get very much of a... We had to outlast them. Well, but there you did S-T-T-H. So there, when you linked outlast into the word them you were putting the T between two consonants. Mm. I, this was not a good example that I chose because it does have two T sounds. I put it in because the first T out last is a stop T. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And if I made it a true T, out last, out last. That would sound pretty awkward to your native ears, wouldn't it, David? Yeah. Out last, out, stop, last. Okay, what about Pocket knife. Pocket knife. Pocket knife. Does that sound weird? Mm-hmm. Pocket knife. I brought a pocket knife. Yeah, we don't want a true T in there. Mm-mm. Here it's pocket, knife, compound word. The T sound is followed by the N sound. Pocket knife. And it's a stop. Pocket knife. Pocket knife. Okay, stop T. It's a beautiful thing. I feel like stop T... Is like one fifth of a true T and a flap T is a D or R. Like stop T actually has a character of T. Mm. Or you're you're implying a true T. You're sort of like Yeah, stop T is. It's it's an implied T. It's an abbreviated true T. It's an implied T without being a T, whereas flap T is a totally different thing. Totally different thing. Yeah, you're right. Made totally differently. Like those two are closer cousins than, than the flap T. Yeah, that's fair. Stop T is an implied true T, but flap T is a completely different sound with a completely different mouth position. Mm-hmm. I like that. See, this is why I want to bring David into the podcast because <laughs> his untrained and unstudied in pronunciation mind comes up with interesting things. Thanks, babe. You're welcome. <laughs> 
So when the T comes after an R before a consonant, you're thinking, hold on, this is a T between two consonants, this is a dropped T. No. The R was an exception. So when it's after an R before a consonant, then it's also a stop T. For example, the word partly. Mm-hmm. Partly. There it's R, T, L, three consonants in a row, but we do not drop this T. It is a stop. Partly. Mm-hmm. What about this word? Oh, okay. The next two examples have two different T's in them. We're focusing on the first T. Apartment. 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 They can actually both be stops. Department. Department. The point is we don't drop the T. It's a stop. So this was the... Department. Department. Is it stop? Department. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is... I'm pointing this out because earlier I said T between two consonants. We may drop that. Yeah. I'm saying here's the exception. We don't drop it when the first sound is an R, then it's a stop. Okay, so we make the T a stop T when it's followed by a consonant. We may also make the stop T when a T is the last sound in a thought group. So a thought group is a natural grouping of words that you would say when thinking. You could think of it as a sentence if you can't wrap your head around it. So, for example, she was caught. There's, there's no consonant after the word caught. There's no word after the word caught. But I'm still making it a stop. She was caught. This is just like the what example that we were doing earlier. What? Mm. What? So the T in the final position is often a stop. Not always. It can be a light true T. But you will really often notice that this is what Americans do. Or how about this sentence? That was really great. That was really great. Mm-hmm. Stop T. Great. 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 Or this, when you're really, really tired, you might say, I'm totally beat. I'm totally beat. My gosh, I'm totally beat. Beat, mm-hmm. beat, beat. Different from, I'm totally be. Now there, I made the voice curve up and down. There was no feeling of a stop. But if I say, I'm totally beat. Mm-hmm. Feeling of a stop. Are you ready for your exception? Mm-hmm. Okay, so when the T is in a cluster, even if it's the last sound in a thought group, then we usually pronounce it. That's a fact. When in a cluster. Right, like KT cluster in the word fact. If I just said, that's a fact, that would sound a little bit weird. I agree. That's a fact. But we already said we can drop the T in fact when it's like plural facts. There we're dropping the T. Man, and again, the true T is a rare being mm-hmm. because that's fact. You can also get away with that being. You could. A stop T. You could. And that's a fact. I mean, that's a, that sounds a little bit like a certain kind of accent. Like if I was saying, well, here's what I think, and that's a fact. Like that would sound strange. If you were speaking with a completely normal, perfect American accent and you left the T off there, that would sound strange. That's a fact. Yeah. So light true T when it's part of a cluster. Here's another example. That was the best. Mm-hmm. So again, it's in the final position of the thought group, but because it's in a cluster, we don't want to drop it. 
That was the best. That's what I'm hoping people say about this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Although I'm afraid there's no way they will because it is so confusing. It's really hard. I mean, look at how long this podcast is. (sighs) Extremely long. Okay, so we're just going to do a couple words here that we've gone over in the podcast. Now we're going to just say a couple true T words. David, let's um, alternate. I'll say a word, then you say a word. All of these words have the true T. Table. Top. Actually, first I should say, hey, if you're listening, repeat these out loud. So let's give them one beat in which they can repeat it. Okay. Table. Top. Turn. Toast. Teacher. Talk. Attain. Until. Italics. Return. Politics. Military. Great. Now we're going to do words where the TR cluster is a part of the word, and it can sound like CHR. Try. Train. True. Attribute. Attract. Intriguing. Did you notice the ending cluster? Attract. I made a true T at the end there. (laughs) Two T's in that word. Two T sounds. Okay, now we're going to do a couple words where the T is dropped altogether. Either because it comes after an N or because it comes between two other consonants. Mm -hmm. Center. Internet. International. Exactly. Directly. Perfectly. Facts. All right, let's do a couple words and phrases with the flap T. Beautiful. Better. Battle. City. Political. Party. Dirty. Alerted. Imported. A lot of. About it. That I. Awesome. Actually, in the phrase about it, they're linked with a flap T, but then there's a stop T at the end. Mm -hmm. It is a stop T there. About it. I forgot about it. A flap T connecting forgot and about and about and it. Mm -hmm. I forgot about it. Okay, let's do a couple words and phrases. Oh, you know what? I think I forgot to say. No, I didn't forget to say that the stop T happens when the next word begins with a consonant. I just didn't do the sentences, but we'll do them now. So now we're doing either words or sentences where the T is a stop T because the next sound is a consonant. Bluntly. Outlast. Pocket knife. I thought so. I met John. I hurt my. You hurt yourself? <laughs> oh, no. David hurt himself trying to think about T pronunciations. That's right. He cracked his brain in half. That's right. Okay, guys. Well, wow. There it was in all its glory. 
the comprehensive lesson on how to pronounce the letter T or a double T. Yeah. Now, if you feel like you have no idea how you're going to remember all of this when you're talking, that's totally fair. Here's my advice. Just listen to native speakers and try to imitate them. Right. And the more you do that, if you're taking time out of your day to imitate native speakers 10, 15, 20 minutes a day, and you're practicing these words the right way, then when it comes time to say them in conversation, you'll probably do it the right way. Mm -hmm. So that's it for this lesson on how to pronounce T. David, thanks for being a part of this super long podcast. Absolutely. Guys, if you want a copy of the transcript, if that would help you with the learning here, please go to rachelsenglish.com slash podcast. And you can find this episode and any episode actually and download the transcript. It's totally free. Good luck with those T pronunciations, guys. Thanks for listening. To see the show notes and links to related topics, please visit rachelsenglish.com slash podcast and look for this episode. New podcasts are released every Wednesday. Be sure to go to the iTunes store and subscribe. Also, please consider leaving a review in the iTunes store. I'd love to hear what you think of the podcast. Music